This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. At the turn is brought to you by Vice Golf. Vice is a German company that makes premium quality golf balls for half the premium price. The Pro and Pro Plus were awarded a gold medal on Golf Digest's annual hot list, making Vice the only small company to win the magazine's highest award. Golf balls shouldn't cost more than the round of drinks afterwards. What's your vice? This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode... 36 of At The Turn. It's going to be a good one today. Matt Kuchar, he's a big phony baloney. Sergio gets disqualified. Nick has a new job and is Ricky a contender or pretender? But Nicholas, we start with Pebble Beach. Yeah, uh, Joe, I'm sorry. I got to fact check you there a little bit. Oh, no. I think, it, I think it's episode 35. I went back and looked. Oh, <laughs> quote, it's quote, 36 of the paper. I know, it says 36, because we were all excited about it earlier in the week. But then, um, yeah, according to SoundCloud, it says only 35. Ah, they know. They know. know. SoundCloud's keeping better tabs than we are. But yes, Phil Mickelson wins at Pebble Beach on Monday. On Monday. He pretty much put it away on Sunday. They only had two holes left, but they couldn't finish because just crappy weather all weekend. And God, did the broadcast talk about it way too much. It was just, I mean, they had to talk about something because there were delays, but... That broadcast. Did you watch much of it? It was it was pretty brutal. I watched for about forty five minutes on Saturday, just for enough for them to uh, cut down to Larry the Cable Guy putting on twelve. <laughs> now let's go over to Darius Rucker teeing off on seventeen. <laughs> it's just I saw <laughs> it's so wonky. I saw a great tweet. I think from Jason Sobel um, of ESPN Golf Writer, and he said, "How much you enjoy the Saturday broadcast of the AT and T Pebble Beach?" says a lot about you as a person, which is great because I think if you dig watching a bunch of rich businessmen play a golf course for the super rich and elite, uh, you know, you're probably a certain kind of person. If you don't dig watching, you know, random insurance company Titan putt out for par on 15 while Jim Nance talks about par net birdie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who cares? Unless it's Bill Murray or you know, Carlton doing the Carlton dance. I don't I don't have time for this stuff. You know what I did like was seeing everybody's handicaps because I've always been way too high of a handicap. And it made me feel good when they showed the editor of Golf Digest as an 11 handicap. I'm like, I could I could get to an 11 handicap. And like, that wouldn't be quite so bad, you know? 
So that made me feel a little bit better. <laughs> so basically the bar for you is seeing someone in the world of golf and have their handicap be attainable for you. That's that's the bar. I just feel like if I can become a better golfer than somebody who is playing as an amateur in a PGA Tour event, it's like that that would be yeah, that's a good goal. That's a good goal. I think so. I thought I'm about it randomly there. today. Um, it's so dumb. I, I, I get killed for this, and I should. I know my half birthday only because it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> and it's coming up. By the time you're listening to this, it may have already happened. But I'm going to be 30, oh, my God, what is it? 33 and a half in a couple of days. And I thought, okay, I'm just getting closer to being eligible for the senior tour. It's, it's right <laughs> around the corner, Nick. Um. Joe, I think you should probably fixate on some uh, more short-term goals. Um, you know, it's, it's good to have long-term goals, but I think that one's probably a little bit too in the distant future. So, uh, well, yeah. Getting back to our original topic, short-term goals. Phil Mickelson wins at Pebble Beach. U.S. Open at Pebble Beach this year, Nicholas. That is exciting. And he'll turn 49 on Sunday of the U.S. Open. Oh, um, my. Give him the trophy. I know. You couldn't write a better script um complete the career grand slam he's got six second place finishes he's won at pebble beach five times i mean it's so obvious right he's gonna win did you see the stat about him hitting fairways uh yeah why don't you tell me why don't you tell our listeners this stat and then i've got a quote from phil that i think is also very interesting <laughs> okay so phil mickelson as great a golfer as he is not known for putting the ball in play on a consistent basis. Phil Mickelson, for the first time in 21 years during the first round at Pebble Beach, hit every single fairway. He's only done that seven times his entire career. His entire career, he's done that seven times. He's played over 2,000 rounds on the PGA Tour. That's, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's not that surprising because if you don't, if you just don't hit a lot of fairways, and that's not the strength of your game, then you're then you're not going out there thinking you're going to hit every fairway. You know, I mean, obviously, you're never staying on the tee hoping you miss a fairway, but, you know, it's like the, the Cowboys don't go undefeated, but it doesn't mean they're not going to have a good season. Um, you know, you win some, you lose some, but it is pretty incredible. Seven times in over 2,000 PGA rounds. Um, yeah, very incredible. Joe, this is, this is what Phil Mickelson said after he won at Pebble Beach. So at the end of last year, even though I played poorly, I had something happen where it seemed like overnight, it had really been in the works, where my driver speed shot up five or six miles per hour, which rarely ever happens to anybody, let alone somebody in their late 40s. So that led me to be pretty optimistic heading into this year. Joe, five to six miles per hour on driver speed? Like, for you or me to gain five or six miles per hour, where there's probably some low-hanging fruit, like we don't have perfect swings, we're not PJ Tour players. That's feasible. But for a world-class, like, top 20 in the world player to just add five or six miles per hour to the driver's swing, that's insane. What do you think the chances are Phil gets tested in the next month for getting that quote? <laughs> Seriously. I've heard, I've seen, like, Hank Haney say you get about three yards per one mile per hour. So if he's swinging six miles per hour faster, that's about 18 extra yards. He's hitting the ball. I mean, now that he's, now that he's 48. Phil is, was absolutely mashing it. It was cold and, and, and just terrible weather, and he was killing the ball. And, Nick, this leads me to something else I was thinking. 
if you had to set the number at the age Phil Mickelson will be at the last when he gets the last win of his PGA Tour career, what would that age be? Do you think? Well, he's going to turn forty nine in June. Um, I don't know. That's a really good question. I came up with fifty four. Yeah, it's not bad because I don't think he's going to win a lot, but I think like every two, three years, he could sprinkle one in there. But here's the thing. Like Phil is I'll playing. Take under, I'll, I'll take 53 just to be on the record. Okay. I'll, I'll go below. I'll take 53. But Actually, like, if I want to go below, I should say 48. Can you? <laughs> yeah, that was his last win. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing the prices well, Right rules. Can you imagine Phil Mickelson on the senior tour in 18 months? I can't. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Wow. That's such a weird thought. He's playing at such a high level. He's such a big wow. name. I bet he plays maybe in some of the senior majors, but I I just cannot fathom Phil. I think he will go to the senior tour because he'll love winning 10 times a year, no matter what the tour is. But I can't imagine him doing that when he's still playing at such a high level. Can you? You just blew my mind with that stat that, yeah, in 18 months, he'll be eligible. Um, no, I don't think he'll play much on there until, you know, for for five, seven more years. Maybe when he's like fifty-five, and and um, you know the 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 boys' tour game is is just too far to reach for him. You know, maybe he'll he'll be a regular on there, but um, I don't know. I don't see him playing too much on there in the next next three or four years. God, I hope not. That's we just it's weird. weird. It would be weird. Uh, do you want to hit? Let's save Spieth for the bets. Do you want to hit Romo? Yeah, um, your boy. I saw. I saw him hit it to a foot off the um, off the hospitality tent. Is that what is that what you want to talk about? So I want to talk about that. Apparently, Romo made six birdies in a second round, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. All I want is for Tony Romo to qualify for the U.S. Open. Oh my God! It would be incredible. Tony Romo and Phil in the final group on Sunday of the 2019 <laughs> U.S. Open. Yeah, so, they'd both be mic'd up for sure. It made me think about this, Nick. You know, obviously Romo is trying to qualify for the U.S. Open, fancies himself a, a top amateur. And, you know, he, I think he won some event by like nine shots last summer in, in the oh, Midwest, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. So, okay, take the golf part out of it. Tony Romo is the darling of sports broadcasting right now. Everyone loves him on football. We see him more around the golf world. You know, obviously CBS had the camera all over him when he was competing. How many years, if you think it's going to happen, is it before we see Romo like on the 16th tower at Augusta? I'll, I'll put it this way, Joe. I'll bet we see Romo calling <laughs> golf events regularly before we see Phil Mickelson win a senior tour event. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh. I like that. <laughs> How do you like that? I think you're right because the. I think it'll happen. The one fear I have is people getting Romo fatigue. Like the biggest asset Tony Romo has is that he calls a sport where he's only on 16 to 20 weeks a year. So people can build up anticipation, get excited to see him again. And I worry if he's transitions to golf in the off season, perhaps people will get a little tired of the Romo thing. I mean, they will eventually anyway. Anything that is great, people want to tear down at some point. But I worry about the overexposure. That being said, I think it's inside of three years before he is part of CBS's golf coverage, even if it's an every so often kind of thing, like their marquee events he'll be at. The thing is, 
I don't worry about that rumble fatigue because he does a good job. He he puts effort into it, and, and so he's not just up there to be a personality for the name, and then he doesn't add anything. He does add a lot. I mean, watching the football broadcast, I, I was definitely impressed with him. I mean, he called the Super Bowl. So um, he, he clearly is a person who puts a lot of effort into whatever it is he's doing. Um, so as long as he keeps doing that, I think I, I don't worry about that fatigue part. I think that people will just grow to know him as a broadcaster over the course of time, as opposed to an NFL quarterback who just likes golf. Um, what do you think about Kucher? <laughs> this, okay. Well, I, he's my pick to win the PGA at right. uh, plus 5,000. You know, I think I, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate for Kucher. So why don't you, why don't you tell us all about what's going on? Cause I don't think we've actually talked about it on this podcast. So if, for those golf fans who get their only golf news from this podcast, we need to fill them in. And then, um, I'm going to defend my boy Cooch for a, for a second. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to be honest. This is the first I heard about this story. I just saw a tweet that Matt Kuchar's caddy feels taken advantage of by him. So Matt Kuchar won the 2018 Mayakoba Golf Classic, which, if I'm not mistaken, is an off-field event. So they're playing like a World Golf Championship or something, or it's during the offseason. It's so, during the offseason. It's like in November. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's, it's from November. Okay, Maybe great. It's, so this, is, this is actually during this 2018-2019 golf season. Kuchar yeah. won. Yeah. So he picks up a local caddy. Uh, there is an agreement to pay him $3,000 plus a part of the player's winnings. So Matt Kuchar wins this event. And so this caddy's thinking, okay, well, $1.3 million for the winner. I'm going to get 10% of that, uh, plus the 3000 that was agreed upon. Not so much. He got handed an envelope with $5,000 in it after Matt Kuchar won the event. And now the caddy is coming out. He's emailed the MVP of the Tiger book, Agent Mark Steinberg. Um, and look, the caddy is taking the high road with this. He's basically saying, I think Matt's a good guy. Uh, I just feel taken advantage of. So, yeah, it's it's kind of a bummer. I got to read you this quote from Steinberg. Uh, it basically says, I am out of the country. What Matt has offered is fair. <laughs> I love that quote. That says, uh, that's what I was going to say. So Steinberg took the words right out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> that's no, the story, okay. Nick. All right. So, yes, PGA Tour, uh, everybody pays their caddy something different, but you could say it sounds like it's pretty standard 10%. That's for your guy, your full-time guy who tells his wife and kids, hey, I'm going to be on the road 21 weeks a year. Uh, I'm going to know the ins and outs of this player's game, do everything for them. I'm going to be, I'm going to watch them on the range. I'm going to go over all their drills with them, whatever they need. I'm their guy full-time 100%. Not a local caddy carries your sticks for four rounds and that's I, I doubt this guy read a putt. I doubt he. I doubt Kuchar's asking El Toucan for a club selection for a yardage. Really, Kuchar's probably pretty much on his own, caddy wise, besides carrying the sticks. So the ten percent, wow. the ten percent, that's out the window, right? There's no, you're not getting ten percent just to help a guy out for a week. All right, so that's out the window. If Wait. they had, a, yeah. Are you are are you suggesting that El Toucan is just some guy he found on the side of the road? This is a man who led him, who was on his bag during a PGA Tour victory. Yeah, you for don't sure. And I'm sure he – look, 
he, he's a local caddy at Mayakoba. I'm sure he has some local knowledge, but look, 10%. He said, El Toucan said, yeah, I, I think I should have gotten 130,000. So that's, that's crazy. He's high if he thinks he should have gotten 130,000. That's 10%. Number, yeah, he's not, he's not Kucher's caddy. He's not Kucher's caddy. So number two, did they have an agreement? Did, did Kucher honor his agreement? So if, if Kucher lied to the guy, if he deceived the guy, that's messed up. There, there's no justification for that. But if he had an agreement, Kucher fulfilled his agreement, then, you know, it's, it's on El Toucan for not making a better agreement, for not getting what he was valued before the tournament started rather than asking for it afterwards. Also, the part that's not really getting mentioned is that Kucher offered, after the fact, after I think all this started coming out, $20,000, a total of 20000 and L2 can't turn it down. So that tells me that he was more interested in the media publicity and going public about this than he was actually taking care of his family, which he says, look, I'm just trying to take care of my family. I'm an honest guy, this and that. I'm sure he is, but if you were offered an extra $15,000 and didn't take it, then that's clearly not your priority. Matt Kuchar has made more money than every professional golfer that's ever lived, except for nine people. He's made $45, $45 million in career earnings just playing golf. Who knows how much he's getting paid to hawk those lame Skechers shoes on TV every other commercial. 10% Nick is, first of all, very fair. This is a local club caddy who probably gave him scores of information about putts and bounces and where you want to hit it and wins and all those sorts of things. He gave him $5,000. So if they agreed to $3,000 plus an unspecified amount of the player's winnings, that means Cooch promised him like 0.015% of his winnings, which is absurd. If Cooch offered him $25,000, that's still 2.5% or less of the winnings. I think yeah, it would I think give him $100,000 at a minimum. A minimum of $100,000? I just yes. think, oh my God. I just think, I think the percentage of the winnings is such an arbitrary number. You know what I mean? mean? No. Because he's not – what is this guy sacrificing? Like, what? what is Bones – I know Bones isn't Phil's guy anymore, but what's Bones going to say to Phil if Phil's given him 10% and Bones' whole life revolves around Phil when L2 can't spend four days with Kucher, maybe five? Do you know what I mean? I, I do. Hey, but it's not the same – you're not bringing the same value to the guy to their season. But you're making it seem as though this is like an incredible hardship to carry golf clubs on this resort course. Like, give me a break. Also, Kucher, what sacrifice is that fool making? He's very talented. He's won less than he's supposed to. This this win got him back into the winner's circle for the first time in four years. Like, he broke a big dry spell. This is an important win for Matt Kucher's career. You know, he's headed into the twilight of his career. He's pushing 40 now. He hasn't won a major. These wins are really important to him. And the fact that he can't give a caddy who stepped up got him over the hump, at least, I don't know, 8% of the winnings, I think that is absolute bullshit. And this is the first I've ever sworn this poor cat podcast, and that was the moment to do it. Oh, is really getting you riled up, huh, Joe? He's such a phony! I can't stand it! All right, Joe, well, let's talk about somebody who's getting me riled up. Yeah. And that would be the Spaniard, the fiery Spaniard, not John Rom, Sergio Garcia. Did you see what he did at the so Saudi International? 
I heard that he did dumb stuff, but I got to be honest, I never actually saw it. So why don't you tell me? Well, he did. He got disqualified. He got kicked out of the tournament for damaging five greens. So basically, five holes <laughs> in a row, he's like kicking and kicking and dragging his feet, destroying the greens. So he gets kicked out of the tournament, and then like two days later, video surfaces of him throwing a temper tantrum in a bunker, completely unrelated to the green vandalism incident so the bunker one he just like <laughs> swung his club like five different times back and forth and back and forth into into the sand and then pulls a big like shovel scoop move in the sand and then starts cussing in spanish um and then storms off after he hit his bunker shots like eight feet um but that's not what he got kicked out for he he like i said he was dragging his feet on the greens basically ruining the greens like digging it up you know with his spikes and his apology said, I'm an emotional player, and while I believe that's one of my biggest strengths, it's also one of my biggest flaws. But it's just hard for me to comprehend how your emotions, quote unquote, get the best of you over the course of 60 plus minutes for the time to take you to be on five different greens and damage the course for people behind you, the rest of the tournament. Yeah, I mean, this is really stupid. Sergio is ridiculous maybe marriage is just not working for him i, I mean <laughs> what? like what what is so terrible in sergio's life that he has to behave this way he's got a beautiful wife he's won the masters i think he's got a kid he's a top-ranked player he's a legend of spanish golf how do you behave this way like he's not 19 years old this is a 40 year old man behaving like god golfers behaving badly today is this <laughs> podcast i mean doesn't this disgust you too yeah yeah i mean if you're mad on the golf course like if he like dropped some f-bombs on camera and like was screaming or like even flipped out a fan for taking a photo with their with their ringer on anything like that i could see like spur of the moment bam you got you, heat of the moment but don't tell me it's emotions when you're doing it over the course of over an hour I mean, that's not a temper tantrum that's that's just that's just sabotage i mean there's a whole field of golfers behind you who are relying on playing the same greens as everybody else. It's terrible. Um, the complete opposite of Sergio Garcia, Ricky Fowler. You want to you wanna do some business and then we'll get to Ricky? Yep. Let's, uh, yeah, we got Ricky. We got controversial Masters champions, Joe. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll do it after the break. Joe, the other day I was checking out at the grocery store and I was wearing my Vice Golf hat and the clerk said, oh, Vice Golf? I had never heard of them until recently. She said she bought her boyfriend some personalized golf balls from Vice Golf and she was shocked that they came all the way from Germany, but she said they were a hit and they turned out great. And I didn't know how to tactfully tell her that next time just use promo code Nick, that's me, and you'll get free shipping in the United States. So I, I, I just, there's just no good way to say that without sounding like a well, I know, I know how you do it. Don't say that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name's Nick and I have my own promo code. And you <laughs> but I'll tell all the people, I'll tell all the listeners, vicegolf.com, promo code Nick, that's me. You get free shipping anywhere in the United States. It's time to stock up on balls for the 2019 season. It's going to be here soon. All right, Nick. So Ricky Fowler wins in Phoenix, exercising the demons of the drunk people. 
that come from Arizona State University. He didn't he didn't make it easy on himself. He had like what a four or five shot lead. Brendan Grace. I think it's I think it's actually Brandon, but it looks like Brendan Grace. I always thought it was Brendan Grace. Either way, he's the guy from South Africa who gagged the U.S. Open a couple years. He wasn't able to win. Ricky Fowler puts it away. And I saw a stat that I think probably made the rounds a little bit. I think you saw it too. That this was the seventh time Ricky Fowler has had a 54-shot lead. So after three rounds, going into the final round. And this was the first time he was actually able to close it out. I was surprised by that. But then I thought about it a little bit. Do we think of Ricky as a guy who chokes? Or is he just a solid player who hasn't gotten over the top yet? Well, I mean, I, I, I hate to call somebody a choker, but I think it's more of, of that because, because of that stat that you just said. Seven 54-hole leads. Uh, this is the second win in that, in that category. He won the 2017 Honda. The other stat related to that, seven 54-hole leads, seven for seven in rounds over par when holding the 54 hole lead. So that stat, I'm going to defend him a little bit for this, uh, the Phoenix open because he, you know, the, the field, if you look at the average scores on Sunday when the weather was horrendous, uh, nobody was lighting it up. So to shoot 74, yeah, it's not great, but he still got the job done. So I'll defend him for that. But the seven for seven is a trend. Ricky is a guy who is going to win a major starting the day, four shots back. That, I think that is the way that Ricky Fowler is going to do it. His biggest win is the Players' Championship. I think he was like four shots back with four to play or something crazy like that and finished eagle birdie birdie to get into a playoff and then birdied 17, the Island Green to, uh, I think he knocked off Sergio, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, got it done. But yeah, every round over par, he is constantly in contention. I think it was, what, 2014, 2015? He finished top five every major. So he's in the hunt. Um, you know, at least once a year, he has a serious chance to win a major. Hasn't done it yet. I think he will, but I just don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to sit on a one-shot lead and play with, like, Justin Timos in the final round of the U.S. Open, stare him in the eyes, and shoot, like, a really grinded-out 67. I think he goes out in the Masters, he goes out super early, shoots, like, a 62, and sits in the clubhouse for three hours, and that's how he gets a major. Um, the Heidelberger household wants Ricky to win a major. But this will be the first time I go on this podcast and say, I'm not convinced it's going to happen anymore. Ooh. I just, we, we always talked about it as if it was fact that he's definitely going to win a major. Um, and he might, but I'm just not as convinced anymore that he's definitely going to. I mean, it's not, it's not as inevitable to me as it was a year ago. I just well, don't know if he's, I just don't know. I just, I'm just not convinced anymore. We think of Ricky as like one of the super young Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas guys, but he's been around a little while now. He's, he's 30 years old. Uh, he's got some seasoning to him. And he's starting to approach that Phil Mickelson age. Phil didn't win a major until he was 33. Um, I haven't won a major yet. I'm 33. So Ricky Fowler, I think, is one of those guys who has probably got to get it done sooner. It may not happen because I, I think that – that, that monkey on his back gets really big, the amount of commercials that he does, the amount of publicity he has. He is one of the probably top five most famous golfers that we have right now, and he's not one of the five best golfers from a performance point. And I think it's going to get in your head at a certain point if you start to believe that you are more hype than substance. And again, that's tough to say with Ricky 
But, I mean, like you just said, Nick, this is the first time you've ever said that you don't think Ricky's going to win a major or at least doesn't seem as inevitable as you once thought it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think, Joe? Who, what happens first, Ricky wins a major or, or Phil wins in the Champions Tour? I think, oh, that's tough. So you're probably talking within the next two years which one happens first. I don't think um, Phil's going to win on the Champions Tour in the next two years. There's no way. Okay. The U.S. Open comes. Phil, Phil, Phil will 100% play in his first <laughs> U.S. Senior Open. He's going to go out there, beat Langer by like five <sighs> shots, and just strut around the whole time. I can so see Phil cleaning up on the Senior Tour. I think Phil going to win it. Phil going to win a senior open before he wins the U.S. Open? <laughs> we already handed him the 2019 U.S. Open. I don't know. God, that's such a – so sad to think about. I don't know. Well, it'll be fun to watch, see what happens with Ricky. I mean, I hope I hope he does, but I'm just, I'm just not sold anymore. So we will see, Joe. Well, Nick, I we're, – we're actually both going to majors this year. I'm going to the U.S. Open. You're going to the PGA Championship, but the difference is – I had to pay for my tickets. I don't think you did. No. So um, I'm now working in the New England section PGA as the communications manager. So um, congratulations. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. I've been less than two weeks, so I'm still a newbie. But uh, I did find out that one of the perks is basically tickets to anything I want except for the Masters. So 2020 Ryder Cup, Joe, um, if you want to go, we're going. I do. Uh, actually, one of my buddies, Corbin, is probably listening to this right now. He's actually uh, getting his roots down in that area. So he's going to have a big group for the Ryder Cup. We we got to make that happen. Well, I'm planning on it. So, uh, I mean, the invitations is extended. Let's put it that way. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, if our, if our New England section has a, a, a professional go to the PGA Championship, I will be there covering it. And if we don't, I'll be there on the weekend enjoying it so i'm hoping we go we have a pro go because i'd much rather go to thursday friday rounds do a little uh do a little work there and then uh enjoy the saturday sunday from my tv but but i'm not going to miss the opportunity it's less than three hours away get down to beth page and uh check out a major so the pros if they make the cut they cash a check right oh yeah oh yeah that is that is good stuff i I love seeing the PGA pros sneak into the top 20 and you know, you get into that six figure territory. It's just like, wow, what a stinking week that must be. Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's the first time in May. It's going to be at Beth page. Uh, there's, there's kind of more hype for the PGA than it has been in a long time. I'm pretty jealous. You're going to check out that venue because the U S opens that have been there have been completely epic. You know, Phil and tiger battling out in 2002, David Duvall almost rolled off the couch and won a U.S. Open back in 09. And uh, this is going to be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, so like you said, we'll have feet on the ground at, at two of the first three majors. So that's ready it. for a big year for At The Turn. Okay, speaking of a big year for At The Turn, have you um, have we got this bet stuff together? Joe, <laughs> if, if, if there were any conspiracy theories that I was like an underground bookie or that like I was a big um, – Bet operations gambler, um, you know, gangster mafia type guy. I think we've we've dispelled all those. But I am trying to bumble my way around, just keeping track of a few simple bets each week, and I'm, I think I'm getting a little bit better. Okay. So you put a couple bets out there this week. You know, I know you're you uh, 
you know, throw a little shade my way for for not having this thing ironed out. But repeatedly, Joe, you're tweeting out your bets with with no amount to wager. So, um, I, you know, I don't know. It goes, it goes both ways. Every single tweet I put out there has had a dollar amount on it. No way. <laughs> your most recent tweet this week in fake betting. Joe goes horses for courses, taking DJ plus one fifty at a top five speed. Plus two twenty to finish top ten at Pebble Beach. No dollar amount associated. <laughs> I put you down for ten for each of those. Those those were actually I'm a nice guy. No, no, I have to be honest. Those were fifty dollar bets. <laughs> According to who? According to okay. me. Okay, well, I'm gonna go. I mean, look, getting more dollars from your from your total. Here. Exactly. Look, I'm an honest guy. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> it looked great. Both of the guys were. Uh, I, th I think they both shot 67 in the first round and were five under. And I'm like, oh, this is easy money. Spieth was tied for the lead midway through the third round. And he finished, I think, tied for 45th or something crazy like that. So I lost both of those. I had Ricky to finish top 10 in Phoenix at uh, two to one. So I obviously won that one. Um, so I think I'm down a little bit from the last couple. Oh, weeks. you had Ricky? Oh, I didn't have, I didn't have your Ricky that. Right, here we go again. Damn it! We're gonna we're gonna have to figure. It. Have, have, have you said it all on this? This this yeah. segment is going terribly. I know. Four, I know. This is unraveling quickly, and it's only it's only February. <laughs> no, Joe, we're gonna turn it around. We're doing this okay. for all 2019. Well, you're about to be out of money, so it's gonna be a one person excitement pretty soon. No, um, man. <laughs> no, no, I you're not. It. You won that Ricky bet that I didn't know about. I did. Okay, so you're so you're looking pretty. I'm sure. I got a couple bets out there. Uh, okay. I'm announcing them right now. Genesis Open this coming week. I got the big guns, Joe, at plus 192 for 10 fake dollars. The big guns include Bryson, Tiger, Rory, John Rahm, DJ, and JT. Any of those six guys wins, this bet hits. Wow. And what yeah. are the odds for that? Plus 192. If any of those guys win. Yeah. Stealing, right? All right, give me uh, right. my wait. favorite bet. My favorite bet out there right now. Mm -hmm. President's Cup. We're looking forward because I liked your I liked your idea of having an investment out there. They they okay. can, can linger, you know. They can sure. hit late, a, a late hit. Plus twelve hundred for a tie. Be a tie. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna, wait you're gonna bet on the President's Cup to be a tie in February. Yep. You heard it here first. That number is too good to pass up. Is that what it yeah. is? Yeah, I gotta have I gotta have a big bet out there that can hit late. Oh Plus my 100. god, that's amazing! Hey, Isn't it? I'm looking at these numbers right now. Give me uh, give me Adam Scott at 33 to one. Put put 20 bucks on it. Adam Scott to win in L.A. Okay, you having, having a sneaky. What did you say? 33 to one. 33 to one. Yeah, I like it. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. All right. Yeah, he's he's having a sneaky good season. He is. He's he's been playing well since the PGA, where he kind of figured it out again. All right, folks. We really thank. First of all, thank you so much for listening to episode thirty-five. We've decided of at the turn. Please let us know in comments or on Twitter. Is this bet stuff working at all? Uh, <laughs> I just want a little bit of feedback. I'm entertained by it. I can tell Nick is too. But if it's terrible content. Well, we're still going to do it, but at least just for this one season. Um, Nick, do you have anything to add? Well, I teased it earlier, so I'm just going to touch on it before we get out of here. Yeah. Controversial Masters 
champions, Joe, since we were oh, talking to surgery. Patrick Reed, oh. controversy from the Ryder Cup. Before that, Sergio Garcia, controversy in Saudi. Before that, Danny Willett, controversy. His brother writing all sorts of stupid blog posts. Jordan Spieth, no controversy there. Bubba Watson, he's kind of a love him or hate him guy. But all these Masters champions start up controversy. That's all. I got. That's, it. <laughs> That's it. I was just, I was just thinking, what are these guys? I don't know. Wait. So, are are you saying that this foreshadows another figure shrouded in controversy? Maybe like a former world number one who got into some sort of, you know, sex addiction and wasn't nice to people for twenty years, and his redemption story comes back with a twinge of controversy because perhaps a lot of the things from his past kind of come back to haunt him as he's trying to wear the green jacket for another time? I was thinking Matt Kuchar, to be honest. <laughs> oh, Matt Kuchar's never going to win the Masters. Okay, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Nick, let's do it again soon. All right, Joe. Hey, have fun in Hawaii. Thanks, buddy. I will. Can't wait to hear about your experience at Royal Hawaiian. Oh, I cannot wait. It's going to be great. All right. Well, until next time. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at the Terms.